Praise the Lord, church. Praise the Lord, church. Anybody happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Hallelujah. Praise God. We're happy to be in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Amen. I don't feel the joy yet, but hopefully we can. Amen. Somebody clap your hands this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is freedom. 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 There is freed
when we call your name. Say things change. Things change when we call you Jesus. Things change when we call your name. Sing I'm free. I'm free when I call you Jesus.
guys may be seated. We're going to show, show a video. Amen. The Christ Center Church app is finally here. So take out your phone. Let's explore it together. No, seriously, take out your phone. Okay. Now that you have your phone out, let's go to the app store before those Android phones, your Google play. Once you're in the app store, begin to type my CCC church we're almost there scroll down there we are Christ Center Church you should click download 
Now that you've downloaded the app, you should see it show up on your main screen. Let's open it and explore. Welcome to the MyCCC app. Take a look around. You'll notice that we have several tabs, which we'll talk a little bit more about in just a few seconds. Before we get into all that, I'd like you to scroll to the top left part of your screen. You'll notice three bars, they're blue. That's your menu bar. I'd like you to click on that so that we can begin to create a login. Click on login. Once you click on login, you'll notice that it asks you for an email and password. If you don't already have an account, you can create one by clicking that action below. Enter a display name, your email address, create a password, and then once you do that, you'll accept our terms and conditions and privacy policy. I'll give you a few seconds to enter that information. Almost there. You are officially logged into the MyCCC app. But let's make sure we remember to turn our notifications on. This way we can stay informed with everything that's happening at Christ Center Church. If we go back to the top left part of our screen, let's click that menu bar one more time. You'll notice there's an option for notifications. Click that. I'd like you to turn those notifications on. Great job. Now, let's get back to the features of the app. You can give right from the app, learn all about us, keep in contact and get notifications about our building campaign. You can watch sermons right from the app, learn what to expect at CCC. You can even find out what's next, learn all about our youth ministries and even how to get involved. Take a couple of minutes and learn about some features in our app. How about we start with what's next? Click on that. Once you click on the what's next tab, you'll notice that we offer several things at CCC. Well, let's privately request a personal Bible study. Click on request a personal Bible study. Once you click on request a personal Bible study, you'll be asked for information like your first and last name. Take some time and enter your full first and last name. Click next. Then we'll ask you for some information to contact you. Please enter your full email address. Lastly, we'd like to ask you for your phone number, just in case you decide not to answer your email address. Once you provide your contact information, we would like you to just take a couple of seconds and provide any questions that you may have about the Bible or your future Bible study. Don't be shy. We're excited to meet with you. After you submit all of your information along with your question, we will receive an email in our Christ Center Church inbox someone will contact you to schedule your Bible study. Okay, let's go back home. Now that we're back home, I'd like to explore another feature that we have. 
If you look to the bottom of your screen, you'll notice that there's a navigation bar. The navigation bar has a button that's called More to the bottom right. I'd like you to click on the More icon. The More icon takes you to a different section in the app where we have additional features. One of those features I'd like to highlight is our community prayer wall. The community prayer wall is a place where you can request prayer right at your fingertips and know that at the drop of a dime, people are praying with you. Let's go into that part of the app to see what it looks like. I'll give you a few seconds to get there. Whoa, it looks like someone's already requested prayer. It says, please pray for my family. And you'll notice that that person has two comments. Let's see what those comments say. There's also a like. Sometimes people may not comment, but it's nice to know that they're also praying. It looks like two people commented and said that they are praying with this person who requested prayer. What a wonderful feature to know that we can request prayer whenever we need it and that the people of God are praying with us. Okay, now that we've explored the community prayer wall, let's go back to the more section and explore a different part of the app. Okay, let's explore one last feature in the app. I'd like you to click on the section that says Virtual Hangout. The Virtual Hangout is a place where you can connect and have conversation with other people directly inside of the app. So you no longer have to miss text messages because there's an Android sending an iPhone a message, but we can actually just communicate right here inside of the app. It looks like people have already started. Someone posted a picture and said, today's a lovely day. And then it looks like they may have a response from some guy named Wayne Wyatt who says, I'm excited to be a part of this group. Wayne, whoever you are, we're excited to have you here. There are so many additional features in our app, so take some time to explore. Share with other church members, share with non-church members, and let's stay connected. Let's do life together right here in the MyCCC app. Thank you so much for downloading. Enjoy. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Amen. He alone is worthy this morning. Praise God. We want to take this time out to welcome and greet everyone in the house of God this morning. So honor and so happy to have everyone that's praising God with us here this morning. Amen. You know, while I was uh, watching the video and then, you know, I sit down um, while the service was going on, I'm saying, oh, my God, God have so much in store for us. Um, you know, um. Um, brother Tom and brother Izzy, um, I want to put them on the spot. You know, um, I, I think I put the children on the spot this morning, so I'm going to put brother Tom and brother Izzy on the on the spot. Uh, I want to I want to commend you personally. I want to commend you and brother Izzy, and of course, on the behalf of Pastor. Um, you know, you you guys come and sacrifice and get this facility set up on a weekly basis. You do it because you have a passion and a love for what you're doing. And, um, you know, having a passion is something that it has to be inner, boiling inside for you want to do it. And when you genuinely want to do something, you're going to do it regardless of who telling you to do it or not. I mean, I, I, I was watching the video, and hopefully you may see it in the video, next video, if we're going to show it later on. Um, I seen Brother Izzy and um, Brother Tom. I mean, they, they, they're like, they look like some professional individual setting up the equipment. And I mean, I was watching the video yesterday and said, oh, my God, God is so awesome. 
you know, all it needs is just to respectfully show somebody something once or twice. And once they get the gist of it, they execute the vision. You, you, you don't need to beat someone over their head over and over and over again. It's either you get it or you don't get it. And if you don't get it, all we got to do is to make sure we help you to get where you want to get to. Amen. So I want to I let you all know that we appreciate your sacrifice and your hard work for what you're doing in Christ Center Church. Amen. So good to see friends and family here this morning. Amen. We're so glad to be in the house of God this morning. And truly God is doing something awesome in this hour. Amen. Amen. So um, in, in fact, I, I want to take it upon myself. If uh, Sister Sylvia. If there if there are any more uh, beef patties in the in the kitchen later on, um, the beef patties on on me this morning for our guests. Make sure the guests get beef patty on me this morning. So, um, uh oh, roses are giving the, the the loop dance here. So, uh-oh, I don't know what I'm getting myself in. So, for all my guests, hopefully y'all eat beef patties. I don't know how much chicken patties we have, but you know, hopefully if y'all eat beef patties on me this morning, so that's our appreciation. Let y'all know how much we appreciate y'all coming. And everybody say it's offering time. It's offering time. As most of you already know, or some of you may not know, we're in the process of trying to get our building, which costs $1.7 million. We're trying to raise $1.7 million. We're hoping someone will bless us with $1.7 million. We'll take a million, Brother John, if they have a million and they want to bless us with. But, you know, we'll take a million, you know. But, you know, um, you know we need $1.7 million. So if you know anyone that want to be generous, want to bless us, man. It's just awesome. Amen. So we want you to be a part of the vision and part of what God is doing in this hour. Amen. So we're going to invite you all to stand with us. Remember, if you're giving online, it's going to be www.myccc.faith. If you want to go to PayPal, it's the at sign Christ Center Church. And if you're giving to Cash App, it's the dollar sign CCC2711. If you're giving electronic, you can see Brother Jordan by our booth over there. And if you want to give an offering basket there, our ushers, one in the middle and two in the front, feel free to be a blessing this morning. Amen. Bow your heads with us. Father God, we love you. We thank you one more time for what you're doing for us in this hour, Lord God. As we're about to receive this morning's offering, we ask you to bless every givers. Those who have to give, those who have not likewise, make a way that they too will be a part of your blessing. We ask all these things this morning. Continue to bless the remaining portion of this service as we give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Continue to worship the Lord with us. Forever be fruitful indeed. I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one gets to the Father except that He comes through me. So let not mercy, let not mercy, and truth. 
truth and the life. The truth and the life. No, no one gets, gets to the, the Father. Except that he goes through except Jesus. Except that he comes Bless your name. You are high and lifted. 
lifted up. You are high and lifted up, Jesus. Our world and the times that we're living in is, to say the least, challenging. We know who the hope of this world is. It's Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Wayne Wyatt, pastor of Christ Center Church, Hamilton, New Jersey. Our world is in dire need of their savior. My heart goes out to our world. I believe the very first thing that the church can answer is helping the family that is fractured. The suicide rate uh, for um, uh, 25 to 35-year-olds is the second leading cause of death in New Jersey. The highest incidence of medical concern in um, uh, Mercer County is addiction for ages um, 15 to 24. 56% of the births in Mercer County are unwed mothers. We want to make a difference there. We're the most populated area or region in our nation, which means more people need the gospel in this area than any other region in our nation. We have had a burden for people, but we reach every kind of individual. And I think that Christ in the church can be that vehicle that um, can help individuals find Christ. Our church began in a firehouse. You can clearly see that it's a firehouse. You see the fire trucks. You can see the the, the, the um, garage doors, right? I was not expecting the firehouse, right? It was, it was, it was different. I didn't even know that you could have service at a firehouse. Um, so. <laughs> Sounds strange. I thought it was strange myself. But we followed the leading of the Spirit of God and we started in a conference room in the firehouse. We started as a Bible study, just my family, uh, a couple people, 
and we just started on Thursdays teaching a Bible study. We, we, we started having church services a few months after that, and we just continued to experience the power of God. We've seen growth uh, in our church, and that's been interesting. We've grown significantly. At this point, we have outgrown our, our space in both services. We've accomplished a lot inside of um, a, a very small space. Our um, Celebrate Recovery program, um, instead of being able to meet for two hours, meets for one hour a week. Instead of meeting on the day that we would prefer, we meet on a Friday. Um, not that there's an ideal day, it's just that we have to choose a day when we're not going to bump up against another one of the ministries that needs to use the space. If we are going to reach the loss, we're going to need a bigger facility. When services start packing out, there can be a little discouragement from people that may not have been there that long um, to say, maybe there's not room for me. Some people have chosen not to come because the space is so small. Facility facilitate growth. You know, we serve such an awesome God, a big God. We need a bigger church so that <laughs> we can have space to worship. When you are at 70% capacity in any church building, you, you kind of stop growing because folks begin to navigate when they will come or not come because now they're concerned about will they have a seat when they arrive. Both services are packed. Because it is in a firehouse and we don't own a building and the firefighters use the building. So it really limits the things that we actually can do at the, at the firehouse. Like we can only be there for certain days, for a certain amount of hours. We can't have a Sunday service at the same time, have a youth service at the same time, have maybe an adult Sunday school um, class. They're like, we want to meet with the pastor. Sometimes it's a family. And as of right now, I, I meet with folks in a small kitchen inside of the small room that we are doing church services in. The, the room that we've been in is 1,000 square feet. The, the building that we're looking to call a permanent address is 17,000 square feet. 17 times what we currently have. I'm here at what we hope to one day be our new home. The new home for Christ Center Church. This is where your children, my children, the community's children can come and get to experience Jesus. We um, will have classrooms, proper classrooms. They could meet simultaneously. A youth center would be huge for us. The youth can gather when they want to gather, have their programs, have their events. Where individuals can just come and just pray, maybe on their stop at the church, on their way to work, um, to pray. We have prayer on Zoom. Uh, right now at, at five o'clock in the morning, but I, I want to be able to go in, go in and pray at any time in, in the building. It's going to take you, and so we hope you join us and be with us on this journey to be in this facility as we facilitate growth for Christ Center Church. We've been operating in, in a single building for, for almost seven years, and we've outgrown that space, but we need your help. You want to be a part of what God's doing in this time. A stewardship campaign is about having that direct conversation with the Lord about how you'll take part in this. Will you partner with us? Will you join us? It will really mean a lot 
to our congregation and helping us obtain our new church building. That way we can be united with each other again. And all of us can be in one space as a family. When you invest in the church, the kingdom of God, that's an eternal investment. There is no other place in our world that we can say is an eternal investment. Lives are gonna be changed. People will get to experience eternal life because you partnered with us. Thank you for investing in God's kingdom. To partner with us, go to myccc.faith. Thank you for becoming a partner with Christ Center Church. Thank you for being a blessing and helping young people like me. Thank you for giving. Thank you for blessing us. May God bless you and your family. Your contribution means so very much to us, and we can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. We've been on a long journey, and the journey is not even close to being over. God looked like he's just getting ready to get started. <laughs> I said, I wish I could give all of you a nice vacation. Wish I had enough money to send you on a really nice vacation in different spurts and times because you've all been working so diligent and giving up your time and giving up your life. And so I appreciate it. And more importantly, God sees it and he appreciates it. Amen. So as you can see what we're about, um, we are having two services each Sunday. Um, we do have our Bible studies on Thursdays, but we have two, sun, two services on Sundays, one at 9 a.m. and one at 1030. So we uh, were finished up this morning. We run all the way. To, we ran all the way to 1030 and um, started 1030 service at 1035. And so every once in a while, you know, they kind of clash. But nevertheless, two services to um, maximize the space because uh, we can't all fit in this space at the same time. And so we thank God for what he's doing as far as growth is concerned, but we know we cannot continue to, you know, be in this place and grow. And so we thank God for what he's doing. And so uh, yesterday we had our public launch at the Marriott, and public launch is to kind of let everyone know that we are um, doing our very best to expand the kingdom of God by obtaining a larger facility to continue to facilitate growth. And so um, I surprised the group. They knew we were um, engaging into uh, this property. As a matter of fact, the video was shot before um, we actually um, signed the contract to engage in the purchasing of the new property. So we signed the contract um, September 17th to purchase that property you saw in the picture. So that's wonderful. So uh, October 12th will be seven years um, that we've been having church services. We started in April um, of 2014. And we started Bible study at that time in April. And then our first uh, Sunday service was October of 2014. So this October, um, October 12th, this October will be our seventh year having Sunday services in this building. And um, we trust God and we have been patient. Um, we say, God, whenever you're ready, 
and he's ready. He opened the door and allowed us to engage in this property and to sign a contract to purchase this property. So within the next year, um, God will complete what he has started and we will be able to have 17,000 square foot of space. That will be our church home. We thank God for it. Amen. And, um, you know, over the years, you've heard people talk about, you know, so many different things concerning the church. And as I get closer to God and have my relationship with God, there are some things that, you know, I got over and um, didn't allow it to affect me. And I'm not telling you that there aren't um, what we would call churches that's probably not doing their very best in representing God. Say it nicely. Um, I'm sure that there are churches that can do better in representing God. I am sure of that. So I'm not knocking um, any church. But what I will tell you is um, we have been, if you are a member of this church, you know that this church has been transparent to you. We have not, everything that we do, you know if you're a member of this church. You never have to guess what's going on. Um, I, 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 I say this, but I say it. Uh, cautiously because I know times will change but the pastor of this church I go third person on you the pastor of this church still works his secular job this church doesn't pay me my job that I've been working for 26 years paid me okay that's where my paycheck come in and and I give to this church because this is the kingdom of God this is not man's business this is God's business and so when you give to what we're doing it's only going to benefit you. And sometimes we have a rough time dealing with investment uh, because, you know, so many of us, we want to see returns really quick. We don't want to invest because we want return real quick. Well, in the kingdom of God, your return is eternal. So you don't want to put time limit on your return in the kingdom of God. So when you invest in the kingdom of God, you're investing so you can get to heaven. You're investing so someone else can get to heaven. You're being a part of the greatest thing that ever happened to mankind, which is reconciliation with Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater that man could ever experience than being reconciled back to their creator. That's what this is all about. And so when we're saying give, we're not shy to say give because we know we're not asking for ourselves. We're not asking because we have a political office we're trying to fill. We're asking because we want to see you saved. We want to see your children saved, your family saved, your relatives, our community. That's why we're saying giving. So we're not shy about saying if you know somebody that can write a check for $1.7 million, tell them to write it and invest in God's kingdom and God will bless them. I've read many times in scripture that because what, what did the Bible say um, God told Abraham? I will bless them that bless thee. So as a child of God and as the kingdom of God, whether you are a Christian or you're not, if you give to anything God is doing, he will bless you because he cannot lie and his word has to always prevail. So he says that he will bless them that bless thee. So whatever you give as to the kingdom of God, you have to be blessed. Can I say it this way? You cannot be saved and be blessed. There's a lot of people that's blessed, but they're not saved. 
and they feel good about the blessings. <laughs> when you're saved, you are blessed and saved. But you can be blessed without being saved. Because God says, I will bless them that bless me. So when we bless the kingdom of God, God blesses us. So we're thanking God for all that he's doing. Amen. And we look forward to moving into our nice facility. Amen. I've got a date in mind. And when I think that it can work out that date, I will let you know. And we will go into that building and we'll be able to reach many more people. Because if you look at our roster as far as um, people that are associated with our congregation, a part of our congregation, if everybody turned up one Sunday, even with two services, we could not fit them. That's just a fact. So God is doing, he's been doing whatever he does so everyone that's on the roster don't show up. Because if you all show up, we're in trouble. But as soon as those new doors open, it's going to just, it's going to be out of control. So he's bringing us up, preparing us to minister to those that he will send. Amen. Thank God for that. Thank the Lord one more time. Amen. We have two guests with us this morning, and we want to greet them in the name of Jesus Christ. Matthew, where is Matthew? Matthew. Matthew DeVito. Amen. Matthew. You Italiano? All right. You know... You all know you can't. Come on. So, Matthew, you've been living in this area a long time? All right, okay. So, for the longest, some of you know this, some of you don't know. So, for the longest time, I grew up in Trenton. And for the longest time, my number one pizza shop was downtown Trenton, DeVito's. Oh, man. I see your name. I'm like, oh, my goodness. DeVito's is no longer down. I think it's something else now. Maybe still down. But for the longest, in my time growing up in Trenton, DeVito's was the number one pizza spot. And I haven't seen that name in a long time. So when I saw it, I said, okay. Nice to have you here. We welcome you. Amen. And Dan, Dan, amen, Dan. Dan, is nice to have you. Amen. And so, no, no, that's, that's not, that, that, he, he didn't say, he didn't have an Italian name. Hey, because, listen. Well, let me, let me go back to Matthew. Matthew, you should you should have been named Paul. You know what I mean? You know, everybody. You know, I had a lot of. A matter of fact, the Italians that claimed me. That's why I'm talking to you like this, Matthew. They, they said, they said, they said, Wayne, why you talk with your hands so much? Because that's how Italians do. That's what they told me a long time ago. They said we're adopting you, Italian now. So, so, so years ago, I worked in Princeton for so long, and I always talked with my hands. And all my Italian buddies, they told me we're adopting you because you, you like Italian. You talk with your hands all the time. But Dan and Matthew, we are so glad that you're here this morning. We welcome you to Christ Center Church. Amen. If there's anything at all we can do to just help you in your walk in Christ, please don't hesitate. We're here for you, and we will do whatever we can to assist you to help you in achieving and obtaining eternal life in Christ. Amen. Nice to have you. Let's thank God for them. Amen. And we have with us our good friends that rolled in from Tennessee this morning. Well, they've been here a little bit. Rose and Teddy. Rose and Teddy, it's so good to see y'all. Y'all are family. You know that. My goodness. I was, I was outside this morning, and I saw a car go by. I said, why does, does that look like Teddy and Rose? And I just kind of let it slide a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Because every once in a while, my kids start to tell me I'm seeing things. So I leave them alone. So you keep quiet. And lo and behold, 
Then he rolled up. I said, that was Rose and Teddy. Love them so, so much. We're coming to Tennessee, guys. As soon as pandemic kind of get a little decent, you know, we'll, we'll come down to Tennessee. Don't worry. We, we, we're going to spend some. Oh, all right. <laughs> the whole church. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to be possible, Rosie. We got to get somebody keep it going around here. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we welcome. And yes, it's good to see you. Good to be with you. Yes, yes. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abigail, good to have you. Amen. Make sure y'all love Abigail. I told a- Abigail is going to Princeton University. She's going to PU. And um, I have a cousin that graduated from PU. And as most of you know, I don't know, I started working in the Princeton area. What was that? I mean, what, 87, 1987. And <laughs> like about 1987. So Princeton is my town. I feel some kind of ownership to Princeton. I can't lie to you. Because for the longest, man, I was the man in Princeton. That's before Christ, by the way, you know, before Christ. But Princeton was my town. And so I told Abigail, my wife and I will um, show her around because that's just how much Princeton is my town. I feel like I need to show people around Princeton when they come because it's a wonderful town. I love it because I spend a lot of time there. I say say all the time, that's where I grew up. Um, That's where I met my Italian friends that taught me stuff that now I don't do. You know, they... (laughs) They taught me stuff that I don't do now. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But Princeton is near and dear to my heart. I take my kids to Princeton and and show them the Nassau Inn where I used to work and show them how um, the Nassau Inn Inn is the only hotel that's really in downtown Princeton. There's no other hotel. So every hotel that say they're in Princeton, uh, they're a little bit fibbing, not really telling the truth. But I let them slide. Because I don't have no choice, right? But but Princeton, the Nassau Inn is the only hotel that is in downtown Princeton. And you can't really know that it's there unless you go and look. So you go, and when you go to Palmer Square, and you look up on the square, you'll see the hotel actually sits on top of buildings around the square. And so it's it's really neat. And I worked at the Nassau Inn for many years. So, you know, a lot of history. I can tell you all about Princeton. I could be a tour guide at Princeton, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I, I felt obligated that I got to take Abigail around. So at some point in time, Abigail... My wife and I will come and pick you up, and we'll take you around. We'll take you to um, get some, you know, some some ice cream, some good dessert, you know, just you know, just enjoy the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we need to get in the Word of God before I get you get you out of here. So let's um, stand to our feet. Did I forget anything? Was I supposed to say anything else? Amen. Don't forget our church app, um, <laughs> Matthew. And Dan was on it. <laughs> uh, you know, th- this is why I don't mean to give you all a hard time, but this is why sometimes, you know, you know, we got to continue to reach for people that's that's outside of us, because when they come, they remind us of what we should be doing sometimes that we take for granted. And when and when Crystal got on there and she says, get your phones out, all of us is doing something else because it's in our mind phones. No, we don't do that. No, get your phones out. And they got their phone out and they were just and they download the app just like that, just that quick. I said, look at them. They, they doing their thing. But the deal is, listen, the word of God don't change, but method changes. And 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 while we didn't understand when social media came out, that it's very important and we can use it for good purpose in Christ. Um, you know, we frowned against it. So, you know, we mean a lot of preachers and churches frowned against it. But social media can be a blessing if you use it properly. 
And so our app, our church app is top notch, is very good. You can interact. You can know everything that's going on in our church if you download it, because once you get to the app, it tells you everything that we're doing. If you want prayer, you can request it. If you want Bible study, you can request it. If you want to know events and dates that's coming up, you can look and see. So the church app is very interactive. We have a website, but the website is not interactive. You can get a few information from the website, but the church app is very interactive and you can communicate uh, in the church app. So I want you to remember that and get engaged, download it, and do what you were asked to do, and you will see what is going on, and you will know how to keep up with us, especially with our, um, our, our stewardship campaign, what's going on. You want to know where we are, and if you want to give, you can give through the app. So let's, let's make sure we um, download the app and, and interact. Amen? Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 14, verse number 3. I want you to either look behind me on the screen here or you can get out your smart device and turn to Mark chapter 14 or you can just listen on whatever you'd like to do. Amen. I won't keep you long, but I have something that I believe is very important that the Lord wants to say to us. And I would like for you to hear what God wants to say this morning and respond in faith. Mark chapter 14, verse number three says, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She had wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. Whensoever ye will may do them good. But me you have not always. Here he goes. He continues. She had done what she could. Somebody say she did what she could. Question is, are you doing what you can? Mm -hmm. She came. She she come aforetime or aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she had done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Lord Jesus Thank you for this word. I pray, Lord, now you will reveal to us what you want us to know. That, Lord, you will impart to us your truth. Allow us, Lord God, to experience the word of God and the power of your spirit. That, Lord, we cannot walk away from this service the same way we came. But, Lord, let the power of God be manifested. Let there be demonstration. I pray faith will truly increase. And that, Lord, there will be a response today to the word of God in faith and obedience. Lord, have your way today. Will you use me as your oracle? Place me in the flow of your spirit, Lord God, and touch the hearing of the hearers and touch the heart of the receivers. That, Lord, there will be transformation and that they will be free today day and that the power of God will take a hold of them Lord help us Lord Jesus that the will of God be done that salvation will come to us today and we will say yes to your will we pray and ask you these things in Jesus name somebody say in Jesus name 
Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Let me hurry along here. I want to talk to you today on this topic, preserved to be broken. Preserved to be broken. On the last Sabbath Eve before his crucifixion, Jesus came to Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, meaning the man had leprosy, but Jesus healed him. So Jesus came to the house of Simon the leper and a feast was made to Jesus' honor. We ought to honor Jesus for what he has done for us. We ought to honor the Lord to know that he has been good to us. And so they made a feast to honor the Lord at Simon's house. Simon was grateful because he knew he once had leprosy, but the Lord touched him and he became healed by, from his leprosy. And he wanted to have a meal, a, a feast to honor the Lord for the Lord has been good to him. The disciples were there as well and of necessity, Martha and her sister Mary, and their brother Lazarus was there as well. What a group that was represented here. Simon, the type of suffering, healed and restored from leprosy. Lazarus, a living testimony to the Lord's power over life and death. Martha, who in her true character served, she was the type of a faithful, diligent, practical, hard-working, and serving woman of God. And Mary, who displayed her love, worshiping at the feet of Jesus. What a collective group of people that were gathered together because they wanted to honor their God because he had been good to them. Just like we're here this morning, we are a group of people that have been assembled here, gathered together to honor Jesus because Jesus has been good to us and he will continue to be good to us. So what a group of people are here today. But let us honor him and not just sit and not just take up the space, but let us honor him and say, God, we honor you and thank you for all that you've been doing for us. Whether you understand it or not, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, Jesus has been good to you and that's why you're here this morning. Mary's anointing of the Lord's, or should I say Mary's anointing of the Lord Jesus must not be confused with a similar event recorded in Luke chapter 7 verse 36 through 50, which the unnamed woman in that text, she was what we would call a harlot. And she was in the house of Simon, who was a Pharisee, and she did the same thing, but she was a different woman, and it was a different event. In this case that we're talking about today, as they were in the house of Simon, the leper, Mary expressed her love to Christ because he was going to the cross to die for her. He was going to the cross to die for her. He went to the cross to die for you. He went to the cross to die for me. 
And she understood that he was going to the cross to die for her. And while she knew he was dying for her and the rest of the world, she wanted to show how she could honor him. She wanted to show him her appreciation. I know God has been good to every person, but every person as an individual, they need to respond to God in demonstrating their appreciation for him. I know he died for the whole world. I know he died for every individual, but he died for you. We got to make it personal and say, God, you died for me, and I got to show you how much I appreciate it. There are, there are three consequences to the act of her worship. Because what she did was worship. <laughs> it, it wasn't just a thing. It, it, it wasn't just by happenstance. It wasn't just something she did. It was something she did intentionally. And it was considered worship. When you worship God, it has to be intentional. It can't be happenstance. It can't be something that you kind of just do. When you worship God, you're intentional. You are saying, God, I worship you. I adore you. You are my king. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, God, there is none like you. It is intentional. I can't just make it up. I got to be intentional when I worship God. You can't worship God on accident. You got to worship God intentionally. And Mary worshiped God in how she presented to him. So of the three consequences, here's the first one. The house was filled with the beautiful fragrance of the ointment. When she broke that, that alabaster box and the container, it just flowed. The fragrance filled the room. Everyone could smell. Everyone looked that direction. Everyone noticed. <laughs> Church, hear me this morning, this afternoon almost. Uh, when you worship God, people will take notice. When you worship God, people will take notice. And when you worship God, the place where you are will be consumed by his presence. When you worship God, somebody will know there's something going on with that person. Somebody will know there's something going on in that surrounding area. Because when you worship God, his presence will be like a sweet smelling your worship it creates an atmosphere oh I can feel this in the spirit your worship create an atmosphere and that atmosphere almost is like perfume it begins to just occupy it just begins to spread in the whole place we need worshipers in the house of God because when we worship that fragrance will consume the entire room and before you know it oh God's presence will be eminent God's presence will be moving. God's presence will overshadow. Everybody can worship. Everybody can praise, but not everybody can worship. We don't have a choice because whatever you come from, you will automatically praise it. You can't help that. Whatever or wherever you come from, will automatically be praised by you. So everything 
This is why the scripture says, if you don't praise him, why do you think it said that? That don't make sense. How, how, how can something without life praise him? Because it came from him. Everything comes from him. Everything comes from God. So everything can praise God. Everything will praise God. But not everything can worship God. This is why we're so special. This is why there's nothing like people. Because we are the only ones that can worship. Everything he creates can praise. But not people. Not, not, not people cannot. People will worship. And nothing else can worship but people. So when we're not worshiping. We're no different from the rocks. When we're not worshiping, we're no different from the animals. When we're not worshiping, we're no different from all of what God has created. Because we're the only ones that can worship. So that sets us apart from all of creation. There are other things that sets us apart from all creation, but your worship to God sets you apart from all of creation. You're getting quiet on me. Uh huh. There's always a spiritual fragrance in any place where Jesus is loved and worshipped. If you will love and worship God in your house, there will be a peace in your house. There will, there will be a presence in your house. If Jesus is loved and worshipped in our church, there will be a presence. There will be a fragrance in that place. Wherever Jesus is loved and worshipped, there will be a presence. There will be a fragrance. We got to love and worship him if we want the fragrance to just move. So the first consequence of her worship was that when you worship, the fragrance will fill the atmosphere. The second thing, the disciples begin to criticize Mary for what they call wasting money. It sounded so pious for Judas to talk about the poor when he, in reality, wanted the money for himself. Can I just slide this into you today? If you don't, don't get anything else out of this service, get this. Please don't respond to people that criticize you. Just, just dismiss them. Criticism that people have about you is either something that you have that they want or something you're doing that they don't do and they want to do, but for whatever reason, they're not doing. So they're only criticizing you because what they're not doing. So they're criticizing for something that they want that you have usually. Don't worry about people criticizing you. As a matter of fact, you need to tell God, touch them and bless them, Lord. Help them, because what you really want is for them to see Jesus like you see Jesus. And if they're criticizing you, then they can't see Jesus. Oh, help me, somebody. Listen to me. As I like to say, if we have an altar call here and I'm over here crying out to God, God, help me. And you over here crying out to God. How can we ever criticize one another? We can't because we're too caught up in Jesus. The only person that can criticize is the one that's not caught up in Jesus. 
So the bottom line is, when somebody criticizes you, they are not caught up with Jesus. When they criticize you, they're not worshiping. They are operating according to their flesh, according to their carnality. So you need to pray, God help them to see you, that they will become a worshiper of you. I smile when I get criticism. I am not going to let criticism, if I, if I allowed criticism to get the best of me, I wouldn't be here today. But I realized a long time ago, the word of God says, all have sinned. And so the ones that's criticizing, it's clear to me, they don't have a relationship with Christ. You understand what I'm saying now, church? If they're criticizing you, it's clear that they don't have a real relationship with Christ. How can you say that, preacher? When you get a chance, you go read Galatians chapter 6. It says in Galatians chapter 6, if you see your brethren overtaken by a fault, ye which are spiritual should go and restore such a one in meekness. So the bottom line is, you only have two things you can do when you see your brother doing wrong. You keep worshiping God, or you go because you're spiritual to go help him. Every other situation you got ain't gonna work. Don't worry about criticism. Don't let criticism stop you in your tracks. Don't let criticism get in your way of you continuing on your journey in serving God. Let me tell you something. As you begin to serve God, as you begin to worship and praise, people will talk about you. People will have something to say when you worship God. But you got to realize, guess what? I don't have time to worry about what people are saying. I'm just going to serve and praise and worship my God. It doesn't matter what anybody... Listen to me, church. I wish I could transmit to you this word here because the bottom line is... Many of us do not worship and serve the Lord because of what we think others will say about us. That's a truth. I remember when I first got saved. I remember that the biggest thing that I had to deal with when I got saved was what they going to say when I ain't smoking with them no more? What they going to say when I'm not drinking with them no more? What they going to say when I'm not going to the parties with them anymore? What they going to say when I don't live the same life anymore? And remember I told you what they said. They thought I was sick. They thought I had AIDS and I was going to die. And that's why I was going to church. Brother Teddy, when I started going to church, they say. I ain't going to tell you my street name. They come by my street name and say, he got the package. I'm just telling you, because there will always be criticism. So when I left that old lifestyle, they said, man, he must got the package. And then because I wasn't drinking no more, because you know drinking kind of blow you up. And because I wasn't drinking no more, I lost, I lost a good 25 pounds. You see, how he, you see how he lost some weight? Got the package. Because, you know, back then, you know, we were so ignorant about certain things, you know. You know, you, 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 they say you get HIV, you lose weight, you're getting ready to die. And so, man, my friends that I used to hang out with, they thought I had the package and I was getting ready to die. I lost weight. I'm going to church. So when I die, I don't die in my sins. And that's what they thought. <laughs> Didn't stop me from serving my God. Didn't stop me from praising my God. 
didn't stop me from, because I am not worried about what people think about me. I am worried about what God thinks about me. And if God is pleased with my worship, if God is pleased with my praise, that's all that matters. Listen to me, church. I love you. And I want you to be pleased when I do anything. But if I'm pleasing God and you're not pleased, I love you. But I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is when you're pleased by me and God is not pleased by me. That's what I'm worried about. So I plan to please God and hopefully I'll please you in the interim. But if I don't, I'm sorry, but I want to please God. And if my worship is pleasing him, then it doesn't matter what you think. Listen, we all might not worship in the same way. We all might not express ourselves to him the same way. But don't worry about it. Just express yourself to God however you feel. Whatever you think of God, just begin to express yourself that way. It might all look different. But as long as we're worshiping God, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. As, more, as Mary began to worship him, they criticized. And what did Mary, what did Jesus say? <laughs> I, I, love, I love what Jesus said. Let, let's look at what Jesus said. Let's go back. He says, she had done what she could. Back to that. Done what she could. That's very key. Can Jesus say that about you? You have done what you could. Can Jesus say that about you? You have done what you could. That's important. He is not saying that you did better than her. He is saying you did what you could. Jesus is not worried about how much more you give than the person over here or how much more they gave compared to you. You see that? He's not comparing us with each other. He is saying you do what you can. Listen to this. But Jesus knows exactly what you can do and nobody else knows. So I'm telling you that so you can't try to trick him or deceive yourself. Jesus knows exactly. So what you're giving, only you and Jesus know can you do better. What you're giving, only you and Jesus know if you can do better. And if you can't, if you're giving the very best, he will say, You did what you could. You did what you could. That's what he'll say. You did what you could. Mm Mm-hmm. So let me tell you. The second thing, the third thing. People criticize. The second thing I told you. People, people, People criticize. The third thing. Jesus commended Mary and accepted her gracious gift. He also knew Mary's heart and quickly defended her. When you begin to worship God, you put yourself in a position where there is nothing nobody can say about you to Jesus. That, this is heavy. 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 Because how we operate, how we operate, we have this thing about us that when somebody does wrong, we feel like we almost, we don't say it. I don't know how we communicate it, but we do. We almost treat it like they can't do right again. This is our world. When somebody does wrong, we act like they could never do right again. And what I understand from the scripture is when we put ourselves before Jesus and we begin to worship Jesus and we begin to just honor him in worship. Guess what? Nobody could do anything to make Jesus look at us anyway. 
When you are in the presence of God, worshiping God, I don't care how much the devil or anybody want to bring up your past or bring up what you have done wrong. Jesus is saying, let him alone. Let her alone because they are doing their best. They're giving their best. Let them alone. You want people to to back up off of you, just worship God. It doesn't matter what they say, just worship God, and they got to back up off of you. Because their criticism will bounce off. Because here it is, their criticism about whatever you're doing, Jesus will say, what are you doing? Let them alone. Worship God. Look at what Romans chapter 8, verse 33 says. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. So nobody, when they try to dis, when they try to talk against you, when you are a worshiper of God, God is the one that's justifying you. So whatever anyone says about you as a worshiper of God, it doesn't matter because God says, "Let them alone. They're worshiping me." No matter what others may say about your worship and your offering to God, the most important thing is that you please God. That's the most important thing, that you please God. Don't worry about anybody, what they say. You just need to please God. The fact that others misunderstand and criticize us should not keep us from showing our love to Christ. Our concern should be his approval alone. Live to please God. And get his approval. When Mary gave her best at the feet of Jesus, she started a wave of blessing that has been going on since. She was a blessing to Jesus as she shared her love. And she was a blessing to her home as the fragrance spread throughout. When you begin to worship, you you, you are ministering to God, blessing God as the spirit of God, the presence of God just flow throughout the place. They had met to honor Jesus. Let me tell you something. Listen to me real good. Jesus always seems to receive an invitation from what the world will consider the lowliest of people. Jesus always seemed to accept invitations from what we would deem the lowliest of people. Jesus had this thing about him where he's always reaching for those that everybody overlooks. It's a thing about him. Now, he can explain that better when you get to heaven. But just through reading and understanding the word of God, when he decided to reveal himself to our world as the Savior, Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh, when he decided that Almighty God was going to become a man, when he decided that he was going to manifest himself to this world, guess who he did it to first? He showed himself to shepherds. People that gets overlooked, that everybody feel like, eh, they're not special, they're not important. And maybe one of the reasons why God do that is so he can let everybody know there's no person that's unimportant to him. 
There is no individual that's unimportant to God. There is no individual that gets overlooked by God. He sees everybody. He looks on everybody. There is no person he dismisses. He looks at everybody. It doesn't matter what your background. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you have done. If you seek God and you worship God, it doesn't matter what society consider you to be. God himself will always accept you. God himself will always accept your invitation. So invite Jesus to come. Invite Jesus to come. But when he comes, you better be ready to entertain him. When he comes, you better be ready to entreat him. Your worship is how you entreat God. Your your praise is how you entreat God. When you say, God, I want you in my life, you can't just want God in your life and you do nothing. When God comes in your life, you got to entreat him. Help us, Holy Ghost. Preserve to be broken. Let me tell you, Jesus must always be at the center of whatever we do. Always. This alabaster box, let's get to it. This alabaster box was a white stone, much used in ornamentation. And out of it, small vessels were made for holding precious ointment. An alabaster jar was a beautiful, expensive vase with long, slender neck carved from the translucent gypsum. Ointment of nard was a fragment ointment imported from the mountains of India. This was pure and genuine and very costly. Let me tell you something, church. In case you did not know, this alabaster box with the container in it and with the ointment in the container was so valuable that it was worth over a year's salary in that time. Over a year's salary. This woman that has been saving up, preserving this ointment, precious, that have kept it, who knows how long, that is worth over a year's salary, shows up where Jesus is and treated it like it was no big deal. How many of you can give to Jesus what is valued at over a year's salary and not think of anything but that you worship him? We need to get serious about how we bring the scripture into us because we read the scripture too many times and make it into a story like, oh, yeah, it's a story in Bible times. Are you kidding me, church? Everything we read is about real people and real things that has happened. So don't read the Bible and think, oh, Bible times, this is just a different time right now. These people we are reading about in the Bible, they are just like us. They're no different from us. They don't have some special thing that we don't have. They're just like us. Whatever they choose to do or not to do, they're just like us. If the Bible was still being written today, some of us today would be written in the Bible. So they're no different from us. Just like how I brag on Vesta Mangan all the time, and I said the Bible was still being written, Vesta would be in the Bible. Well, we have maybe Lee Stone King would be in the Bible. I don't know. I'm just saying 
people like us today. Stop, stop thinking that these Bible people, ah, you know, they're only there because there was something special about them. And so the Bible decided to, you know, incorporate, you know, Jesus decided to, to let their life be the thing that he put in the scripture because they was different. So he wanted to, are you kidding me? They're just like us. They're making choices just like us. They're deciding whether or not they're going to follow Jesus. I read in the scripture where it says some followed him and some turned back just like now. Some will follow and some won't because people are people. Don't think you're different from anybody else. You will not have an excuse as to why you didn't follow Jesus. You will not have an excuse as to why you didn't worship God because you're no different from them way back then and you're no different from any one of us today. We're all people. We get in our heads sometimes and thinking that, oh, you know, a little different. They're a little different. Yeah. We're all people, Rosie. I can tell Rosie this because, you know, Rosie kind of did me like this sometimes too. But she didn't do it too bad. You know, she one of the people that kind of treated me like a machine. I told y'all that was some people in my old church that treated me like a machine. They just think that I was on something else. <laughs> y'all know it's true. Those of you that know me, they thought I was a machine or something. Like, like you know, you, you know, Brother Wayne. No, I'm just like y'all. Stop it. Not no machine. I'm human just like everybody else. I make a choice just like everybody else. We've all heard about this woman and what she did. She broke this alabaster box of precious, expensive perfume, more than a year's worth of salary, and poured it out on Jesus. Her choice. Her choice to spend over a year's salary just pouring it all out on the Savior, on the Messiah. Uh-huh. I want you to understand that she didn't just open the bottle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's not what she did. <laughs> just think about it. When you got something precious and special, you try to lock it away so you can't get to it. Because in your mind, the only time I'm ever going to get to this is when the time has finally come for me to do with it what I'm supposed to, what I've been preserving it for. That's the only time I will ever touch this. So guess what? Okay, let me get down to your level. For some of you that's been around a little as long as I am, you will know. Remember when we used to have piggy banks? The best piggy banks was the ones you couldn't turn upside down and shake the money out. You got a piggy bank where when you put the stuff in, no matter how you spin it and turn it and shake it, nothing was coming out. Why? Because you were trying to preserve what you were putting in. You didn't want it to come out. So you try to get a good piggy bank where nothing comes out. So understand when you're trying to store up something precious, something that's valuable, you're trying to make it safe as possible. You're trying to make it sacred as possible. And so guess what? You put it nice, you, 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 you tuck it away, you're, you're keeping it right so it can never be pulled apart. And so this woman, that's not what she did when she came before Jesus. That whole, you know, keeping it sacred, Looking nice, preserved, out the window. She didn't open it up. She didn't take her time and unwrap presents like some of y'all do at Christmas time. We're trying not to mess up the paper. Nah, she wasn't into that. 
That's not what she did. What, that's what we do. We, we, we like to, well, let me just take out a little bit. Even with the piggy bank. So let's go back to that. I had the piggy bank. Teddy, you, you probably know how to do this. So the piggy bank home was so small, I had to get me a butter knife. Get, get out a few of the coins. I'm not taking all of it. Just let me get some out. That's how we like to do. Well, that's how we do Jesus still today. Let me give him just a little something, something today. It's a nice day outside. He woke me up this morning. I feel good. Let me go into the house of the Lord and give him a little something. But I can't give him all of this stuff because I'm preserving this stuff. I don't know what you're preserving it for, but we're preserving this stuff. So let me give him just a little bit. And maybe next week when I come back, I give him a little bit more. So I got to keep giving him a little bit at a time. I can't, you know, just, just. And so we give the Lord according to how we feel. Mm-hmm. We give him according to how we feel. We, we learn how to take our time and open up our container. Just take our time so we can close it back. Because whatever is open can be closed back. Uh-huh. Our offering many times is just poured out in measures. Oh, we're pouring out according to how we feel or how busy we are or what we believe. But we're giving God what we give him in measure. <laughs> but this woman, she didn't open the alabaster box. She broke the alabaster box. She had no intentions of putting it back together. She had no intentions of preserving it. She had no intention of keeping it back. She said, this is it. This is what I've been keeping this for. The time has come. This is what I am going to use it for. I am going to break this because this is everything and I'm giving everything. And church, I'm here to tell you, what are you preserving? What are you holding back from God? You got to just pour it all out just like this lady did. She didn't hold anything back. She let it rip. She just let it go. She broke the box. And she just let it flow out. When you break something, you don't control how it comes out. When you break something, you can't control how it comes out. For you and some people that are trying to control their praise and control their worship, that's because you just opened up just a little bit. But if you will ever break it, if you will break the container and let everything flow out, then you won't control. When y'all came in today, some of you came in, you saw the praise and worship team. They're running. They're, they're, they're talking in tongues. They're they're just, just just, passionate about their praise and worship. You know why? They weren't pouring out in measures. They weren't just deciding, let me give a little today. They're saying, God, I have broke the container. I've broken the box. I've broken the container. Whatever way it flows out, let it flow. Because I don't want to control what I give to you. I want you to have all of me. We're preserved. Maybe broken. And so in the house of God and your life to Christ, stop preserving it. Stop preserving it. What are you holding on to? What are you preserving? 
You ain't afraid of somebody talking about you? What are you afraid that when you give God everything, somebody going to say you're crazy? You got the package? What's up with you? Why your change? Is that what you're worrying about? Or you're going to realize you've been preserved to be broken. God wants what you've been preserving. What have you been holding on to? Remember, church, I try to preach to you and teach to you how to learn God's ways. I don't just preach to you just to make you feel good. I preach to you, hopefully, as I'm teaching you the word, you're learning about God. And here is something you better learn about God because he shows it throughout scripture. Whatever you withhold from him, that's the very thing he's coming after. Whatever you think, because we, I remember when I was, I loved my life as a sinner. I loved it. I was living large. Trust me. I was a real, I was, I was a whirlian, as some people like to say. I was the head of the line leading the world. I wasn't nothing wrong in my life while I was living in the world. Some of you, you had crisis. Some of you, you were depressed. Some of you went through a whole lot of things that you had to come to God. Not for me. Go ask Jennifer Jackson. Go ask my, my family. Living large. Didn't have a want or a care or a need in the world. Living good. And so, when it's time to give your life to God, you don't want to give that lifestyle up. Can I tell y'all a secret? I don't even know if I should tell y'all this. But I'm telling you a secret. I was so terrible that the week before I got baptized, I sunk deeper into the world. Because I realized, I knew I was getting ready to leave this world. And I started everything I can think of. Everything, Cheryl. Because I knew God was calling me and I knew I couldn't fight the call. I knew, I, knew, I knew it was time to go. But I loved the world so much that I was holding on to stuff. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take this week and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Why am I sharing that with you? Because there's some of you in here that God is calling you, been calling you. God is calling you to a different level in him, been calling you. And you don't want to let go of whatever it is that you're holding on to tight. Because I'm telling you right now, whether you like it or you don't, that's just the way God is. That thing that you're holding on to, that's what he's coming after. Ask Abraham. Abraham had one son of his own loin. One Isaac was his boy, his only son. He was prideful of Isaac. This is my legacy. This is who leads the family after me. Nobody touched that. And guess what? He said, I want him. You ready for another one? Joseph. Remember Joseph? Uh-huh. Yeah, Joseph. 
favorite, his father, he was his father's favorite son. And his father for many years had to live with the fact that he thought his son was dead. Because all that pride and joy, whatever is your pride and joy, whatever it is that you love the most, whatever it is that you can't give up, God is coming after that. And if you don't like it, then you have to make a decision if you want eternal life or you're just going to hold on to that thing you like. It's that serious. It's either eternal life or keep holding on to that thing you love so much, that thing you can't let go of, that thing you say, I don't see what's wrong with this. God ain't unjust that he want me to do this. Whatever it is, it ain't your only born son. Whatever God is calling you to let go of is not your only born son that he's saying, I want you to give him to, I want you to give him as a sacrifice. He's not asking you for that. So that means whatever he's asking you for ain't that really special that you think it is. Because he asked a man for his one and only son. I want you to sacrifice him unto me. He asked a man that. Then he told another man, he didn't tell him, but, but the other man was like, you know, he, he gave his son a coat of many colors and he bragged on him, this is my boy. Guess what? God made him think his boy was dead for many years. Because God knows whatever you hold on to the most, it keeps you from God. It keeps you from worshiping God. It keeps you from your eternal destiny, which is in Christ. Let it go. Let go all of that stuff that you're trying to hold on to, that you're trying to justify. Stop trying to justify it. Let me tell you something. God is not interested in your explanation. Because you're ignorant when you compare yourself to God. You don't know. You think you know. And you're talking to God like you think God don't understand. And God is saying, where were you when I stretched forth the heavens and the earth? Where were you when I called forth the, 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 the morning star to sing? You have no clue what this is all about, but God still worked with you. Don't try to reason with him. Don't, don't try to tell him what you got going. Don't try to tell him why it's so important that you keep doing what you do because it's not that important. He's got this. And believe me, what he will do for you will supersede what you're trying to do for yourself. Listen to me. Let me finish up this thing here. Once you have been reconciled to God, once you have been born again of the water and of the spirit, you surrender your life. You have been reconciled to God. Once you have done that, guess what? You owe God everything. You ever heard of all or nothing? That's what a Christian life is. All or nothing. All or nothing. That's a Christian life. That don't sound good. Matthew, this is how heavy all or nothing is. We like to quote this, but we don't never let it relate to us. The Bible says God gave his life for us. Was that all or nothing? I'm just asking. Was that all or nothing? So he gave his whole life. He gave his life. Hey, here I am. He allowed, he allowed them to crucify him, and he had power to stop them. But he surrendered and was like a lamb being led to the shearer. He just surrendered, say, here I am. So he has the right to tell you, I want everything. So don't get mad and think this is unrealistic. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. For this is your reasonable service. 
So what God is asking for you from you, he is saying it's reasonable. Why can he say that? Because he laid down his life. He gave his life that we may have eternal life. So he is reasonable for saying once you give yourself to me to be born again of the water of the spirit. Guess what? You owe me everything. So you can't hold back nothing from me. Once you get involved with me. I can't stop going. I'm finished. I'm going to finish. Let me give you one more example. You go to Acts, I think it's chapter 5, with Ananias and Sapphira. They own property. They own it. They own it. It's theirs. Just count it as sinner. Look at it like this. They're away from God. They own property. And then they heard what God was doing, that God says, if you want to be a part of what I'm doing, sell all that you have and bring it to us because we're going to disperse, disperse it to everybody. They own it. They did not have to sell their property. They didn't have to get involved with what God was doing. They did not have to do any of it. They could have said, nah, I'm good. I'm not getting all that. Let the church do their thing. I'm not doing that. They had every right to do that. But once you get involved to say, okay, I want to be a part of that. You know what they did? They sold all that they owned and brought part of it to the apostles. And both of them fell dead and died. Because they held back some. And the bottom line is what God is saying is it was yours to begin with. You didn't have to come get entangled with us. But once you decide to come, I want all. Once you decide to get involved with me, I want all. I don't want some. I want all. Now, you can have all that you want. You can have it all and keep it to yourself. But you're not involved with me. All or nothing. You can keep yours and enjoy yours and keep on doing your thing, but you won't have no part of me. But the moment you decide you want eternal life, the moment you decide to be born again, I want it all. That's a principle. That's a way of how God operates. That's something you can't change. I can't change. We just have to sit here today or wherever and say, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Because there's no, there's no, you, you can't, you can't outslick God. You can't do it. All you can do is just go with it or not go with it. But if you think you can be involved and give him part, it won't work. Ananias is a fire. You can't be involved and give him part. He wants it all. And so let me finish up here. The more you give to Jesus, the more you receive. Who was the greatest apostle in, in works? Apostle Paul. But he gave more. I mean, he got whipped. He got kicked out of cities, all kind of stuff. But he was the most anointed. He was the one that go around and says, I'm just going to let you be blind now. Somebody was walking around teasing him. Let them be blind and not see for a season. He was powerful. But in order to be powerful, I give all. Because the more you give, the more Jesus gives to you. So you don't have to worry about giving all. Listen to me. Let's break this box of ours. 
Let's get out of this box. Let's get out of this container, church. Let, let, let's let what God wants from us to begin to pour out. And let's stop, to, stop measuring what we give to God. Just let it be broken and let it all come out. Let it all flow out. And let's not measure what we give to God anymore. When you are broken, God can do more with you than when you are preserved. When you are broken, God can do more with you than when you are preserved. Because when you're preserved, you only tell him he can touch this, but he can't touch that. Stand with me as I close. Luke chapter 17, verse 33. Listen to what this says. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. So now you know how to preserve life. You don't do it. You're not the one that preserved your life. Jesus preserved your life. What you do is you just break out. What you do is you just break out of your container, break out of your alabaster box. What you do is break out and Jesus will do what he wants with you and preserve you for all eternity. Oh, somebody ought to thank God for that today. Somebody ought to thank God for that. God, God, God is not just wanting to, to, to take, take from you and you not receive. No, that ain't God. And so today I want you to know that you have been preserved. You know what the word preserved mean? The best definition for this sake of being preserved is this, to keep alive. There's a lot of other things we can say about preserve, but that I want to use that definition, to keep alive. So, John, here is it. God has kept us alive so we can be broken. God has kept us alive, Izzy. You could have been dead a long time ago and dead in your sins, which means you wouldn't get eternal life. You could have been destroyed long ago. Your life could have been messed up a long time ago. You could have lost your mind a long time ago. You could be in a crazy house today. All kind of things could have happened to you, but God kept your life. So one day, you can come into his house and be broken. That's what he preserved you for. He preserved you so you can come before him and to be broken. Because when you are broken, he can do a whole lot with you. And when you are preserved by your own self, he can't do nothing with you. He can only do what you allow him to do. And God is God. He will not. He will not deal with anybody that tells him what to do. Because they're not God. He is God. So when you start telling God what he can do and what he can't do with you, he just say later for you. He just keep it moving. Because you're not going to tell him what to do and what not to do. You, you give yourself to him, you pour out yourself before him, and he decides what he does with you because he knows what's good for you. He knows why he created you, and you don't know why he created you, but he knows why he created you. So he knows what to do with you. Woo! Will somebody lift their hands today and just talk to the Lord? Will somebody just today pour out themselves before the Lord? Will somebody surrender all to Jesus? Will somebody say, here I am, Lord! I break out of this box and out of this container 
and pour myself out before you because I want you, oh God, to do whatever you want to do with me, Lord God. I want you to do whatever you want to do with me. For God, you are worth it. You gave your life for my life. And today, Lord God, I give my life back to you without measure. Without measure. I put myself before you and I surrender. I repent of my sins. And I say, Lord, here I am. I pour out myself before you that you may do whatever you want with me. In the name of Jesus Christ, somebody talk to the Lord. Before we leave here, why don't you ask God to touch your mind? Why don't you ask God to touch your life and let him know you he can do whatever he wants to do with you. Let him know that he can do whatever he wants because your life belongs to him. Your soul belongs to him. Your spirit belongs to him. Oh, surrender to the Lord today and let the Lord have his way. Surrender to the Lord today and let the power of the Holy Ghost overshadow you and overtake your soul. Lord, I pray today that you will speak to the hearts of the people before they leave here. Let them hear your voice. Let the word be confirmed, Lord God. And if somebody here today they are ready to surrender their life. I pray that they will surrender their life, oh God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, God, hear our cry. Save us from ourselves, Lord God. Deliver us from ourselves, Almighty God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. If you're here today and you want to give your life to Jesus, why don't you raise your hand and say, today, I want to commit my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you've never given your life to God and you want to give your life to him, this could be your day. Oh, will you surrender your life today to Jesus? Oh, you can give yourself to Jesus today. You can give your heart to him. You can be born again today of the water and of the spirit. Why don't you give your life to Jesus today? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. Can we lift our hands one more time and just begin to praise the Lord and begin to worship him and begin to thank him. Jesus, there is none like you. Jesus, we honor you and praise you. Jesus, you are the great I am, the bright and the morning star. Father, we love you. We thank you today, Lord God, for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Don't leave here the same way you came in, but let God have his way in your life. Surrender yourself to him today and say yes to his will and yes to his way. Oh, somebody yield to the Lord today. Yield to the spirit of God. Submit to the spirit of God. Obey the spirit of God and the word of God and let God have his way in your life. In the name of Jesus the presence of the Lord is here, church. The presence of the Lord is here. Why don't you let him have his way? Why don't you let him set you free? Why don't you let him break every invisible chain that binds you? Why don't you pour yourself out before him that he may do whatever he wants to do in you? No more pouring out yourself in measure, 
No more giving of yourself in portions, but let your spirit, let it go to him. Let your heart go to him in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Father, bless us as we go from this place today. Will you let your hand be upon us? Will you keep us from danger and harm? But more importantly, Lord, let the word of God, <laughs> let the word of God begin to permeate through our spirit and through our soul that, God, we will not be able to rest until this word take a hold of us, that we will not be able, oh God, to pour ourselves out in measure anymore. But now we will let it flow and let you do whatever you want. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Anybody love the Lord today? Anybody grateful, grateful that God is speaking to your heart, that God is calling you, that God is your deliverer, that God is your healer? Jesus, we thank you. We bless your name, oh great God. As we go from this place, keep your hands upon us, will you, Lord, as we give you the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name. Church, I love you. I appreciate you. God is doing some great things in this hour. Get involved and let God work in you and through you. God bless you. Have a blessed rest of your day, and we'll see you again. Hallelujah. <laughs>